Welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. We grew up with a bipolar mother addicted to pills who experienced a lot of hardships. We started this podcast to talk about our experiences with you. You can really start to feel lost and trapped in their world. And we're hoping our crazy, sometimes funny stories, living with someone like that, helps you to feel normal, whole, and happy again. If you have little ones around, though, this would be a good time to pop in your headphones. Our discussions are for adults only, please. Hi there, I'm April. I'm Amanda. And we are so happy that you're joining us for our third episode of... Of course, they make me crazy. You know, last time we talked about our grandpa who left his six kids and his wife for his gay lover that he met at a nudie beach. And that was shortly after our mom had caught him in bed inside their family home with one of her school boyfriends. Grandpa asked mom to keep that a secret, and she did. Everyone in the family, though, was shocked when he came out and left them but mom, she was even shocked too, knowing what he had done prior. That news really set our mom, her siblings, and our grandmother on a very unstable path. It was really a life changer for all of them. And the news caused our grandpa to really just have a mental meltdown. I mean, God, who wouldn't, right? Um, she packed up her kids and their things, and she moved them to Missouri where she had a few sisters who were living there still do. Uh, so, but mom stayed behind in Ohio with no one to really help take care of her. She was like 15 and a half, 16. And uh, she became pregnant with me at the time. And she had a drop out of school. She got a job while fighting off my alleged abusive biological father. Now I want to make it clear. I know we said this last episode, but uh, Amanda and I have same mom, different dads. So my biological father. Um, and we also discussed that that was the time that mom really felt or found rather her super strength powers. And she persevered through that shit storm she was dealing with. And God really gave her superpowers when she needed them most. And she chose at that time to, to move forward, thankfully. Now you'd think that that would have been the time that she'd break down, start drinking and popping pills, but she didn't, not yet. Well, really, mom was never a drinker. She was just a pill popper, right, Mandy? Yeah, no. Yeah. She, well, when she would run out of her meds towards the end, she would beg dad to go get liquor, actually. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But, you know, I never really saw mom drunk. No, you no. I mean, loopy on the, the meds, but, you yes. know, she was never one. No, mom was not a drinker. Yeah, she, was, she wasn't at home swigging back beers and wine. We spent much of last episode talking about grandpa. Um, and so we wanted to continue to share stories about our grandma, who was really not your typical grandma, because we wanted to introduce you to the two freaky deaky people <laughs> <laughs> that brought mom into this world. <laughs> And essentially brought us into this world, I guess you could say, too. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we don't really want to admit that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, you know, not typical grandma in the fact that she worked in a factory. She had a stash of Playgirl magazines, for God's sakes. She rented <laughs> porn on VHS tapes, and she didn't cook, she didn't clean, and she didn't bake. She would buy cupcakes. 
She'd buy cupcakes, she'd buy good fast food. She was the bestest grandma ever, actually. She was fun and she was loving and she really just wanted everybody to be happy. Of course, until she wasn't really happy anymore. And then she kind of bring, a, bring us all down. You know, she wanted, a, she didn't want to have a pity party for one, did she, Mandy? No, you're, you're right on that. Yeah. So, you know, once grandma retired, she kind of fell into a slump. She started to make those around her feel guilty, you know, because we really weren't fulfilling her needs. And know anyone like that? Like that song, no one loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'm going to eat worms and die. Do you remember that song, Mandy? <laughs> yeah, I, kind of. <laughs> I think it was more so mom used to sing it. Graham started to kind of take on that mentality for sure. So grandma moved back to Ohio from Missouri, probably when I was about five years old or so. So mom had been on her own for a while. Now remember, she also had my brother. If you listen to episode two, she had me about 15 and a half and, and she had him probably about at 16 and a half or so. So I think what might've sparked that move back was while Grams was visiting us, my biological dad, uh, again, Amanda's got a different dad than I do. My biological dad broke into our apartment and started to attack mom. And Grams tried to stop him but he pushed her down the stairs. Now mom calls him our sperm donor. So uh, we're just gonna refer to him <laughs> as that from now on. I like it, we're gonna use it, okay? He apparently was part of some bike gang, like the Hells Angels, or he might've been part of them, or part of some like, you know, poser uh, gang. Who knows, he was a bad dude, okay? So mom really couldn't call the police because she says that he was running drugs for for some of the, the, the police department. And it was a small little police department, uh, small little town. But back then, domestic violence wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. So Graham's got an apartment in Sandusky, not far from the small town that we were living in. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why she did this. Well, I do, but I don't. So she moved into a singles apartment, for God's sakes. Yeah, like a, a, a singles apartment where, so she could find her a man. <laughs> no kids were allowed. No problem, though. It wasn't, it did end up being a great cover-up. I guess, you know, mom secretly moved us into Graham's apartment while the sperm donor was like on a drug run in another state. So we hightailed it, we gathered everything we could and we beelined it over to grandma's apartment. So Graham's had a pool in her apartment and she'd go down there cause she was ready to, you know, she was single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Apparently. That. What's that? She would say that often. <laughs> She was single and ready to mingle. Uh, yeah, Grams was single and ready to mingle. <laughs> she did, she did. So my brother and I were like two little kids and you know, what do little kids wanna do most in the world during the summer? They wanna freaking swim. It was like yep. torture not being able to go to the pool. So we thought we're gonna to torture Grams back. <laughs> <laughs> so we would stand on the balcony I think she was like on the third floor or something like that. And we would scream, Granny, what you doing down there, Granny? And then like when she wasn't paying attention to us, we'd like start to drag our toys across the, the balcony bars, you know, to make it really loud. 
<laughs> and, and we would giggle, you know, kids couldn't live there, but we quote, and I'm doing like air quotes with my fingers right now. We were just visiting, right? But so when we would see Grams leave the pool, we'd run into her room and we'd hide underneath her bed covers. Uh, and then she'd come running in, she'd tickle us, saying in her pretend hillbilly voice, now listen, you, you, you brats, Graham trying to find her man. Don't you want Graham's trying to find her man, you little brats, you know? <laughs> and we would giggle and, you know, we just had such a good time with her. We loved her. The thing is, though, no, I didn't want Graham's to freaking find a man. Even as a little girl, I needed her there with us. And I knew mm -hmm. mom needed her. We all needed her. You know, me, my brother, mom, we were like the three musketeers and we needed a fourth one. So yeah. I didn't want any man to be coming near us at that point. And Mandy, when we were talking about this, you were saying that mom was telling you a story about what uh, our brother and I did. Oh, yeah. When you guys, grandma had a visitor, a male visitor come over. Yeah. And uh, I guess you two went outside to so-called play <laughs> and uh you pegged the uh grandma's male friend's car with rocks you totally <laughs> destroyed the whole side of his car mom comes downstairs and you guys are caught red-handed smiling with rocks in your hands like <laughs> <laughs> this mother effer ain't coming back <laughs> <laughs> Grandma ain't gonna find her a man if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> so Graham stayed in Ohio and the sperm donor, he was in and out of our lives here and there. Okay. So he came back, he disappeared. Um, but he wasn't the only one wreaking havoc on our lives. So was the doctor who delivered me. And I like to call him Dr. Feelgood and whack job. Mom didn't really like that I called him that, but you know, it is what it is. You know, and in my eyes, and yep. he became mom's drug dealer, essentially. Now, this doctor had an office in a small little Ohio town, not sure if it was Clyde, not sure if it was Fremont. And as you know, mom was dealing with a lot. And so he'd give her really anything she asked for. You know, back mm -hmm. in the 70s and 80s, that is when drug companies were really pushing all sorts of opioids and narcotics and pain meds on these small town doctors. And then the doctors were basically shoveling them out to their patients, which is, it caused us really to have the epidemic that we do now. It's just a snowball effect that has continued. So anyways, he, he really set mom up for what she thought was a huge success, but right. failure later on in life. I remember her going to those appointments. I remember when he passed away. I remember when she started to go to his brother after that. Um, I mean, that man gave her so much medication. When I was a teenager, I literally could open the cabinet and pick a Soma pill, a Vicodin, a Percocet, Klonopin, a Volume, a Xanax. Literally, my mother had every pill possible that somebody would want. And I don't know how he got away with writing all that medication like that, but he did. I mean, we would move around a lot and she would literally like drive home to go to her doctor's appointments. I remember that. Like drive from like Williamsburg, Virginia to make sure that she went to see this doctor. 
And so grandma started going to him too. And I don't know, I don't think grandma was taking as much as mom, but she definitely had her fair share. Um, so for a while, whatever he was giving them, it was getting them both through life. Mom was able to get like, so she was working like at a truck stop cleaning toilets for the longest time. Um, and when, when Grams came back a couple of years later, mom got a job as a waitress at Sawmill Creek Resort. And that's a pretty hoity-toity resort, or at least it was back in the day. And then Grams started working at Ford. Well, Sawmill's where um, our mom met Amanda's dad and they got married and they stayed together for what, almost 30 years, right, Amanda, until she passed away? Yeah. She passed away three years ago. So we're going to have to jump several years to get more into Graham. So we're going to kind of skip over some years. But um, our dad, I refer to Amanda's dad as mine because he's the one who raised me, but our dad worked at the, in the hotel restaurant business. So we had to move around a lot. And then finally, in my junior high year, I was just I was tired of being the new girl and having to make new friends all over again, you know, going into the cafeteria and being like, oh my God, who am I going to sit with later in life? I'm still friends with those people. So it's kind of nice when I go in, into different towns, I always have friends I can go see, but I was tired of it. So I moved in with uh, grandma. She bought a little condo in front of the Heron High School, which is where I graduated from. And Grams was still working at Ford Factory in Sandusky. So her alarm would go off like at 2 a.m. most days, okay? Graham could sleep through a freaking freight train coming out. Oh my God, that woman could sleep. <laughs> Nothing would wake her. Nothing like horns blown. I'd have to shake the crap out of her to get her up. So I'd run in there, and be like, Grandma, <laughs> shake her, get your ass up. And honestly, I don't know how she went to work before I moved in. <laughs> it's like she fell asleep on the phone with a psychic and like had like a $3,000 bill before. I just, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I didn't know what? about that. Yeah, she called a site. She would call psychic hotlines. <laughs> and it was when she had that little house in Sandusky, and she fell asleep on it. And the lady never hung up the phone, so she could get all that damn money. Or her credit card got charged. Remember, you have to use credit cards back then. Oh, I don't know. I never called the psychic over the phone. I I didn't either, but I think you had to have a credit card or something. I don't know if they charged your phone. I don't know. But yeah, grandma slept. <laughs> She's wondering where her man is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. That's what it was. But I'd open the family Bible and she would be like asking her guardian angel, to please send her a man and to win the lottery. <laughs> I know. I always say if you and I ever win the lottery, it's just making up for grandma of whatever she put into it. <laughs> <laughs> like Joel Olstein uh, always says, um, whatever your family prior gave into, you know, God and the Lord and the universe, it's now coming back on you and you're wreaking, you know, the benefits of it. I'm like, oh God, I hope that's true because grandma has spent a lot of money on the lottery. And <laughs> yes. like when, yes, her drawers were filled with those tickets. <laughs> they were filled. So, okay. So she'd wake up super early. Not really because she had to go into work at a crazy hour. Well, she did have the early shift. She had to make sure that her t-shirts and her jeans were ironed. They, Super she needed, weird. 
<laughs> it bothered me because she'd asked me to do it. <laughs> yes, she had to freaking iron her jeans. And then here's the kicker of it. They were normally stretchy jeans. But yeah, she, they weren't they weren't regular jeans. Yeah, they were stretchy, but they're not stretchy from the knee down. So she needed to have that big tight crease going from her knee to the ankle. It was a necessity. <laughs> and then Amanda, didn't you say she wanted you to iron her girdle one day? Yeah, it was weird. Like she never asked me to iron them before, but she always wore the girdles and she wanted me to iron it. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to iron this? But I mean, I did. <laughs> God, I love that woman. So I don't know if you know what the girdle is, but like, you know, back in the day, grandma was kind of like a little Humpty Dumpty-ish, right? So she had a little belly, like a belly, and then she had skinny legs. And so mm -hmm. she would wear the girdle and that was to hold her, her belly in. She did have a nice set of tatas though. She really did. So it was so funny because when I would move into her, you know, move in with her, you know, we would just pee with the door open because we're family, right? So we would never number two with the door open, but we'd certainly pee with the door open. And then like, you know, she'd be like hovering over the toilet, trying to button the buttons on the bottom, you know? And I'd be like, <laughs> Graham, stop playing with your monkey <laughs> in front of me. And she's like, I'm not playing with my monkey. So monkey's what we call it down there. Anyways, ironing her clothes is super important to her. And so I don't know why she couldn't just iron them before she went to bed at night, but you know, whatever. It, 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 it drove Amanda batshit crazy. It drove me batshit crazy, but she cared. And, and that's, that means a lot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she... Took pride in her appearance. Yes, she did. And she was, she was a very beautiful lady. And she'd have to make sure her foundation, her blue eyeshadow, and her mascara were perfectly applied. And that her hair was curled, their lunch was packed, and then she had to make coffee to go. So she had a lot going on in the morning. Even with all that work, Grams never brought home any boyfriends. I never got to meet one single boyfriend. She was nope. very hush-hush. You never met one either, right, Amanda? Never. Uh, so mom came to visit. Grandma was taking a nap, and mom's like, "Hey, did you uh, did you uh, hear? Grandma got busy in the back seat of her boss's truck." And I was like, "Gross! I didn't even know she liked her boss." Grandma never talked about dudes. All she, the only thing she'd ever say was, "I need to find a man," you know. Yeah or talked about anything. And you're probably thinking, no wonder why she got all gussied up for work. But no, I promise you that was just her. It didn't matter where she was going. It was an, an entire process that needed to be done. I started to giggle and I was like, oh my God, mom, they caught her in the parking lot. She said, yeah, a police officer had to knock on the window and told them to move along. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, God, thank God she's getting it from someone, you know, but right. And, but apparently he was married and that's why he didn't come around very often. But, uh, you know, Graham said she had a dirty, flirty side for sure. And I don't know if it was, she was just that way or if she got it from working in the factory because they were just a bunch of jokesters, mostly men there. And she'd come home and she'd tell us all these dirty jokes, you know, that she learned that day. <laughs> uh, like one day she came home from work and she plopped down on the couch and she's like, Hey, hun, will you all get me a cigarette lighter out of my purse and bring it to me? I'm too tired to get up. And I was like, okay. 
So I did what she asked. I pulled this lighter out and it's, it's like a man shaped like a, a cowboy. Okay. And, or a lighter shaped like a cowboy. And I was like looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is strange. Uh, this is an interesting lighter grandma. And so I pulled it back and I flicked it, you know, my thumb and the flames came shooting out between the dude's legs. Oh my God. <laughs> so the flames were supposed to be his pecker. And oh my God. She started laughing. She's like, that's my new man. <laughs> I don't doubt it. That's awesome. Her actual, like, remember her body pillow? That was her man too. <laughs> We weren't allowed to touch her man, and that was her body pillow. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And I was like, Grams, I'm just going to go put your new man in the junk drawer in case you need to light him up later, you know? So <laughs> I threw the lighter in the drawer and crammed in with a thousand other things she never used. And so Grams' house, always messy. Mom would come over to clean it. I'd have to clean it. So she had dirty dishes like piled up in the sink, you know, fast food boxes scattered all over, kitchen garbage. She never freaking took out the kitchen garbage. It was always overflowing. Um, so you didn't really walk into grandma's house, smell homemade chicken noodle soup cooking on the stove and a fresh pie in the oven either. She just, you know, she'd get home from work. She'd walk through the door and say, okay, what you want for dinner? McDonald's, Burger King, or you would just want to order Chinese or pizza. She had boxes of unopened mail, like just shoved in, in her closets, shoved in her drawer, shoved underneath her bed, just boxes of unopened mail. And I'd ask her pretty much weekly, like, Grams, why don't you just open it and throw it away? You know, a lot of it was junk mail. Literally, you could tell just from looking at it that it was junk mail. And she would just shrug her shoulders and be like, oh, I'll get it to it one of these days. And I think that's why <laughs> I have such a bad reaction to clutter. You know, I mean, it, it stresses, I, I hate clutter. It stresses, it, it, I have a bad reaction inside my soul when it's around me. I'm the same way, Nass and Dylan, I get crazy if yeah. dishes pile up and garbage cans overflow. And, and, and my other half dentist with his receipts and his, you know, same thing, mail. He gets so much mail. So anyways, so I couldn't take it anymore. And one day I just made a huge pot of coffee and, and was drinking it and, and started just to clean out everything. She was sleeping. So I was hell bent on decluttering the house. And so when I opened the doors of the cabinets on the opposite side of each couch, a bunch of Playgirl magazines spilled out. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't open those in, we didn't have any really reason to open those before oh so, my god yeah that's awesome go grandma god like these naked men with penises the size of like the width of a freaking telephone hand receiver like those old school telephone hand receivers oh yeah <laughs> if, you, if you don't remember what those are google Google for images. And, and that was just like life with grandma. It was like always something. Like one Friday night, um, my bestie and I, we, we didn't feel like, you know, hanging out with the hooligans, our hooligan friends. So we went back to Graham's condo early because she said, oh, hey, I, you know, before we left, she's like, I, I rented some movies. I'm going to order a pizza. And so we're like, oh, when we were out, I was like, let's just go back to grandma's, get some pizza, whatever. So we get home and we were kind of bummed because... Uh, she had already gone to bed. So we microwaved the cold pizza and we popped in the VHS tapes. Yeah, this was like back in the day when we had VHS tapes. Um, <laughs> and she said that she had rented When Harry Met Sally. But that is not what Graham's rented. We quickly realized it was When Harry 
does Sally. <laughs> oh my God. Teresa and I curl up on the couch. That was my bestie back in the day for like, you know, we're getting ready for like a two hour love comedy. <laughs> and instead we sat there stunned, standing at the television in silence and probably in disbelief. And Teresa was laughing. She's like, we're going to have to give Good Times Grams a piece of our mind in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah, I was like, so we turned on Golden Girls, which is like a staple show in our family. We, you know, we watch it and all the time, still do. And we're finishing up our pizza and we called it a night. And I'm like, oh yeah, she's going to get it in the morning. And it's not going to be the kind of git she's been hooping for. <laughs> <laughs> Next morning we go, we wake up and we start giving Grams a hard time, a big smile. I stroll into the kitchen while she's making coffee and I'm like, well, good morning, good time, grandma. And she's <laughs> like, you know, looks at me and Therese is yelling from the bed. She didn't want to get up yet. And she's like, you dirty birdie, Grams. <laughs> <laughs> Our condo is super small. It only had like two bedrooms. It was a single floor. So and uh, she's like, what are you guys doing? Leave your poor, poor old grandma alone. What are you talking about? And I was like, you know, you know what you did last night. And uh, so she's like, I did not. And I said, you did not rent when Mary, when Harry met Sally, you rented. And, and I said, I stopped. I said, did you go through the swinging glass door, just swinging doors in the back of the store? And she said, I might have. I didn't have my glasses on. I don't remember. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh God, grandma. Sadly though, she never did find her a man. She found plenty of them, mm -hmm. but you know, not the one after grandpa. And there's no doubt in my mind that that definitely killed a part of her soul when you know, that all went down. Um, yeah. So you know, I don't think she ever really recovered from that. She certainly did try. And honestly, Amanda, do you think grandma was ever really looking for something serious? I don't know because she didn't put a lot of effort into it as far as I could tell. Right. You know, like. She but, talked about it a lot, but. Yeah, but maybe she just didn't want us to know maybe she was hurting that bad and then she wanted that that bad shortly after i graduated high school i moved out um and i got my own apartment in downtown cleveland and you know worked and then started to go to school and then grams retired from ford shortly after that which probably was not the best decision for her it was probably too soon but and that was the time that she and mom really started to feed off of each other you know, mom wasn't working either. And they just really sit around all day. They would drink Diet Coke, they'd smoke, they'd swap pills, they slept, you know, and, and if one ran out of something like some kind of pill, then they'd ask the other for it. And then they started accusing each other of stealing pills. Oh right? my God. It was insane. Yes. They'd swap them back and forth. And then all of a sudden they're both out and... <laughs> So Grams really became reliant on mom pretty much for everything. They were each other's company. They were each other's best friends and really started at a point to put a strain on, on mom's marriage because, you know, our dad would have to come home uh, and not just see one of them sleeping on the couch and, or sitting up smoking, but now he had to come home to two of them. Yeah. Um, Grams, Grams would come and only supposed to stay for a week and she'd end up being there a month. And once it hit that month mark, 
dad, like you said, was losing his shit. Yeah. She didn't, neither one of them. And they just, because they were so miserable, they wanted everybody else to be miserable. But I just felt guilty about the way they were living. I felt guilty about being mad at them a lot. And, and, you know, people living with severe depression, bipolar, um, anxiety, you know, sometimes they're so consumed with their own sadness that they become mentally abusive to the people who love them most. Oh, mom would make me feel like total crap. Yeah. Dealt with family members like that. You're dealing with them now. Do not let them get the best of you because they're going to be miserable no matter what you do for them. So earlier, Amanda touched on what she found in mom's medicine cabinet. You know, that was before, of course, the family was forced to lock mom's meds up. Mom was the first person to hand Amanda a pill. And not that Amanda's blaming anything on mom, but then that led Amanda down a long, dark path uh, to making some really bad choices, choices that you're still dealing with today. Mm-hmm. Yep. So next episode, we're going to go into mom's like full-blown manic episodes. Maybe that could kind of help you if you're dealing with somebody that does the same thing, kind of how we coped with that or how we dealt with it. Plus, Amanda's going to share some of her struggles and uh, really just how she's still coping. Those of us living with people suffering from mental illness have a lot to deal with too. They're not the only ones hurting and we carry their burdens because we love them. We're not social workers and don't have professional training. We're just two girls who have lived through some things too. We'd love to hear from you. Let's build a community. Email us at ofcoursetheymakemecrazy@gmail.com. at gmail.com.